a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Rebels and Imperials to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. First time the three of us have been in the same room in a while. I'm kidding. It was two days ago at Matt's wedding. Oh! Wow. Was that two days ago? It feels like... Uh, three. Sorry, three days yeah. ago. I don't think I've slept much since. Uh, <laughs> or actually slept the entire time since. So days mean nothing at this point. <laughs> well, congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we, we did get a nice a nice podcast photo there. And uh, well, we'll share that at some point, yeah. I guess. I yeah. put it on Twitter. On the Force Ghost account, but oh, oh there you go. The, on one of my phone, all of our eyes look really buggy. So <laughs> I, I have a professional photographer one too coming at some point. Oh, so. okay, so maybe, maybe we'll save that yeah. one for the official the book jacket photo or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's good to see you guys. Yeah, dressed far less formally than last time we were all together. Very disappointing. Very far less. Disappointing. Well, I had to return my tuxedo. So yeah, same, same. Yeah. I still have my dress. I could have worn it. I'll wear it next time. <laughs> okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian in just a few minutes because uh, the first two episodes have dropped. Um, but uh, first, you guys have talked about it. I have, I have a surprise for you guys. So start talking, Matt. Oh, okay. Um, I guess this is a really good time to give a shout out. Um, I'll take advantage of this. I've really gotten into the Star Wars Armada tabletop game. Um, it is kind of like X-Wing, but you control the capital ships. So it's like... Venator class starships against other Corvettes and things like that. And I won a contest actually from an Admiral Tater. Um, great looking stuff, all um, Grand Admiral Thrawn themed kind of doodads and acrylic pieces, nice white with blue lettering and stuff. So I told him to give him a shout out. I'll uh, post some links on my Twitter page too. You can check it out. So if you play the game, he's a great guy in Etsy to get some stuff from. Awesome. Uh, so when our friends at Inside Editions found out the three of us hosted the podcast, they sent us two more of the what? pop-up books. What? So, wow. yes. that, there goes Liz's levels on the what? mic. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> You're going crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, so now we each have our own uh, Star Wars pop-up guide to the galaxy. I need, oh, I need to get a glass table and just with a cover on it so I can keep the full <laughs> array open at all times. You know who will love that? Your wife. Yeah, yeah she Yeah, she definitely will. <laughs> and I'm sure your dog yeah. will also totally it's, leave uh, it alone. That's why it needs a whole gla- glass case on top of it. It's only 37 by 44 inches. That's doable. That's, that's reasonable. Nothing. That's yeah. reasonable. I do need to get a coffee table for my house as well, so let me know what you find. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, oh, my god. This is exciting. So, thank you to our friends at Inside Edition. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Should be fun. So, I look forward to uh, to yeah seeing this displayed in all of our homes <laughs> shortly. <laughs> what a day! Well, yeah, exactly. So I know you just literally got lots of money and gifts from your mm-hmm. wedding, but this is the most special. I'm yeah, sure. this this I'm sure. out this outweighs everything else. <laughs> uh, so let's talk Mandalorian. Yes. So um, we are now I guess a week. Out from the launch of Disney Plus that started last Tuesday, yep, and uh, launched with the Mandalorian. I was watching it at six a.m. before work last <laughs> week because that's the kind of guy I am. And um, I think it was pretty clear from the very beginning what the show was going to be. Like the trailers gave us some sense of that, but then the first episode really did 
lay out like this is this is the type of show it is and i think within the first 10 minutes you really had a good sense of the tone of the show yeah and um i guess i'm i'm my first question for you guys is what do you think of that tone do you like the sort of slow quiet western feel of the show liz what would you start i definitely do i definitely like the tone of the show mm-hmm. um i had been talking to one of my friends about this um i i feel like I, it's a show that doesn't seem like it's trying too hard. And I think that's the tone that it does set. Um, in the second episode, I feel like it took a few minutes, but I noticed no one said anything for the first it's like few 10 minutes. minutes and maybe, then I think yeah. I timed it. It was like 10 or 11 minutes yeah. before anyone said anything. And I did really enjoy that. I liked the slower pace. I liked that the second episode was under 30 minutes mm-hmm. long. Maybe that's something we could even talk about later or yeah. touch upon. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do like the tone of the show. I feel like it doesn't make me anxious. <laughs> um, I feel relaxed. I feel like I can enjoy it. It's not trying to be dark or outweigh itself with something it's trying to tell a story in a, almost a straightforward way mm-hmm. um, that I can follow, that I enjoy. Yeah. And I think it's nice to see something in the Star Wars universe that although it does have a lot of kind of callbacks and winks and nods, doesn't feel like it's going over the normal Star Wars checklist, even though in a lot of ways it is. It introduces us to a new ship. It has a droid we haven't seen on screen really featured before. It has a couple new alien races we haven't seen before. But it doesn't feel really kind of like it's trying to fit into that mold. So it's it's a much more natural show. It feels much more like an authentic story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those storytelling elements that you pointed out, the idea of using strong visuals and having some kind of slow character build... Um, really does lend itself well um, to a show in a lot of ways that Star Wars isn't necessarily great at doing on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Did either of you guys watch Breaking Bad or do you watch Better Call Saul? I do not. Yes and yes. Okay. To me, The Mandalorian is Mike Ehrmantraut. Just like this very quiet character who is very good at what he does and methodical about it. Yes. Just professional through and through. Yes. And yeah. it, it, it's a very... It's an odd choice for the lead of a show to be masked and to be nearly silent. Uh, but like you said, Liz, I think that it... I think it unfolds at a really nice pace. I like things that take their time. I like things that aren't super rushed. And like one of my complaints with uh, Star Wars Resistance, the current cartoon, which I have fallen off on, is that I feel there's no room to breathe in that show. Everything just hits you one after another. Mm-hmm. And I think that if – if it, and I love the Clone Wars. You know I love the Clone yeah. Wars. If this was a Clone Wars show, those first two episodes would have been one episode of the Clone Wars. Yeah. There is no way they would have let those things breathe as much in another format. This is just very comfortable – with being deliberate. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, I, I want to talk about the character of the Mandalorian himself. Uh, we don't know his name. Mm-hmm. We don't know much about him at all. Um, at this point, do either of you feel any connection to him? 
or are you watching because the show is interesting, not so much the character being interesting? I enjoy him, and I enjoy the kind of mystery surrounding him. I don't think it bothers me, maybe. He reminds me a lot of um, Judge Dredd and that idea. That's a good call, yeah. Um, where quiet, methodical, has a job to do, has a moral code that you don't necessarily need to agree with or understand, but respect that it's there, um, which makes him interesting enough to follow. Um, I do like him. I'd be lying if I said he was my favorite character in the series. Um, but I do, I do find him intriguing, mm-hmm. um, in the way that he interacts with the, um, Ugnot in the way that he kind of works, um, and views his job. And I think the kind of questions are compelling enough to want some answers, um, too, but it also doesn't leave me completely blind in the story. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Losing my voice. Um, I, I like The Mandalorian. And as we said, and just as we're talking through this, this show is slow and methodical, and it seems to match up with the main character, who yeah. also is slow and methodical and seems to work through his job in a certain way. Um, and we don't know too much about him. And, and I think that is what makes me like the character to see where he is headed. And it seems like other people perhaps think they know him or what he is like or what he should be doing or how he will react in certain situations or how he should react to certain mm-hmm. situations or what he will do when he's hired yeah, and mm-hmm. what he will do when he gets his target or whatever it may be. Um, so now I think you know I'm curious to see what he will wind up doing, what his moral code is, or things just a job. Yeah, or is I, it more than that? I do find it very interesting seeing the other characters' reaction to him being, we assume, a Mandalorian, um, being possibly what the third or fourth major Mandalorian character in the whole franchise. Um, other than like Fen Rao, um, Sabine, um, and the princess or queen, mm-hmm. empress, whatever her title was. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of the the way that he fits his kind of legendary mold mm-hmm. um, of Mandalorians. Um, and seeing how that plays out and seeing where he will fit that, where he won't, where he'll deviate from that, where he will uphold tradition um and what that kind of means coming into it because it's a really big gray area in the timeline that we haven't really fleshed out the fall of mandalore what happens where what state is the mandalorian um race in right now um what happened to the noble houses post rebels um is there reunification is there a move back to war um does pacifism still is that a thing what all of that kind of is still in kind of a gray area and it's very interesting to see the online reaction to Uh that where people are very much blending the extended universe with canon and i'm enjoying just kind of not worrying about that and seeing how those pieces come together well that's my question for liz is that you know matt you have you have seen all of rebels you've seen clone wars the idea of a Mandalorian means something to you. It's a word you've 
probably heard before, Liz, and you've seen the Fets who are kind of Mandalorians in the past. Yeah. But so knowing knowing not a lot about sort of the historical aspect, does that like does that bother you? Does that do you think that's colored your viewing of it at all? Um, I guess you know. I guess I just know less maybe than Matt does here. Mm-hmm. You know, I could call him up and be like, hey, what's a Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah, as my now wife said and regretted that question immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm curious to see even as, you know, we talk through this, perhaps if our perspectives differ mm-hmm. on things that occur, things of that nature, um, just on the character himself mm-hmm. as well as we talk through this. Um, yeah, you know, I um, I don't know how much of it matters from what we've seen so far. I think the show has done a good job of presenting you the information that you need as you need it. Yeah. You know, um, I think obviously, like with anything, more context can help you appreciate it differently. But I don't think that there's anything we've seen on the show so far that you would need any prior knowledge no. to understand. I actually think the biggest bit of prior knowledge you need is the is sort of the elephant that we even talked about, which is the baby Yoda. Um, Yeah. So like, if you have never seen a star Wars film before, almost everything except for Yoda makes you can, you can put together what that all means, but there's this little baby green thing who in the second episode uses the force. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, that's a fair, it's a fair leap. If you haven't seen star Wars stuff before, Um, but let's talk about baby Yoda. Let's talk about baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. It's uh. It's kind of crazy how big of a reveal that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen like universal praise for that reveal. I haven't seen anybody upset about it. Yeah. It just seems like something no one ever would have guessed. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And by let, 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 let's work through just kind of nomenclature for a moment by saying baby Yoda, we're referring to the species, which we've seen, Yoda and Yodette, I believe. Yaddle. Yaddle. That's right. Terrifying looking. Yes. Um, L- looks, l- looks like <laughs> in the 2011, I think it's 2011, uh, Muppets reboot. They're the Muppets. They're like the evil Muppets. Yaddle <laughs> looks like, like the a evil Muppet. Like a Muppet version of Yoda. Yeah. I, it's very much for our. Um, I don't know why I'm explaining this for people who know pinball really well but haven't seen Clone Wars. <laughs> it's very much in pinball. They did a funhouse um, pinball machine where you have a creepy ventriloquist doll. And then they had a road show where they put a construction helmet on the ventriloquist doll and painted it like a normal person. And then just put a wig on the same doll to be okay. a male and female version. <laughs> okay. It looks that same sort of thing. Yes, to say it's, it's, it's terrible. Mm. So we're not saying Yoda as a baby okay. or a clone of Yoda we don't Which know, it could but it be. could be, but we, we don't know. But, you know, we're just... But there yes. Is, that is the one creature in Star Wars there is not a species name for. Correct. So and we're using that as a species It is crazy, yeah, yes. Out of all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when we say Baby Yoda, it's a good good thing to go, to go off yeah. of there. So I, I want to talk about, about a couple of things with this. So um, the, the client, I believe, is how he's referred to in the credits. Werner Herzog. <laughs> Uh, who is just amazing yeah. uh, in, in that scene. Yeah, He's heard Star Wars is very good. Yes, he's never seen a Star Wars <laughs> for is, very good. Which is just so great. Oh. I said this to Matt, uh, and I've said this on the podcast already, but 
I, he also said this mm, he watches WrestleMania. <laughs> but, and I really hope he means the pay-per-view. I keep saying that, but not yeah. just the wrestling in general. But he buys a pay-per-view every year. <laughs> Makes me very happy to think Didn't about Didn't he that. also say Baby Yoda brought him to tears? I believe he did say that. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's, a, he's a man of many contrasts. <laughs> yes, wow. he is. Um, but so, um, you know, he says that, that it's, it's 50 years old. And we know that Yoda's 900 around mm-hmm, the time of mm-hmm. the Return of the Jedi. But so this this show takes place four years after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Which takes place, I believe it's four or five years after uh, A New Hope, which takes place 19 years after. What I'm trying to say is a 50-year-old baby Yoda would have possibly interacted with Yoda before the fall of the Jedi. Yes. Like just time frame yeah. wise, he could it could be it could be it could be from his family. I don't we don't know yeah. anything about this, you know. I think there's a lot of assumptions of cloning, but it could right. also be a genetic relative. You're right, right. You know, um, it could have been somebody saw it maybe as a when the Jedi are being wiped out that somebody created a clone of Yoda as a as a failsafe mm-hmm. that in case all the Jedi are destroyed, there is this this child that will one day. Hundreds of years from now, <laughs> be able to help us out. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. I mean, what was your initial reaction to Baby Yoda? My heart just melted. I don't. I don't think I put any logic, any thought to it. I just maybe I wept too. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there was no logical. I think thought. I agree with Matt. Yeah, it was just too adorable. Yeah. Just, Insanely adorable. Well, and it's just so unexpected. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm trained, or we've been trained in many ways, to look for twists and things in TV shows now. And it wasn't necessarily a twist, but it was just very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was yeah. a nice twist. Yeah. That yeah, was it, heartwarming in it, many ways. It makes me believe in the world to see something so beautiful come out of something so freaking horrid-looking as Yoda. <laughs> like that awful troll monster as a baby is just beautiful. Are you specifically talking about the episode one puppet of Yoda? <laughs> the, which is essentially yogurt from Spaceballs. Yeah. Yogurt. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Oh, man. Baby Yoda's eyes, those know, ears. Just, oh, yeah. It's too much. The too tiny much. little tunic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, obviously the, the reveal was crazy. But to me, the more interesting piece of this is that he knows how to use the Force. He or she, I, I do not want Correct. to gender yes. This, yes. This, this creature, but it knows how to use the Force. Now, is that like an innate part of this species? Because, you know, the only two, like we have met Wookiees that do different things, right? Yeah. We've only met two of this species and they're both Jedi. So is this just like this species is particularly adept at using the Force? Is it that it's if it is a clone, does it have this innate knowledge of of what the force means and how to use it, and so it can therefore use it like you know just without much training, or is is it calling on training from its original source? Hmm. You know, is it um, has it already been trained a little bit? Again, fifty years means if it was brought to the Jedi Temple as a youngling. It 
could have had a couple of years, could have 10 years probably of training mm-hmm. before the Jedi disappeared. Yeah, true. It's just, you know, there, there's really, there's a lot of questions here. Do, there are. Do we have any sort of gut feeling about how it can use the Force? I just assumed it had an innate ability. Also, so sort of based on how challenging it was, also how adorable he was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also just the fact that he passed out after using the Force. Granted, it was to move a very large monster. Yes, yes. So it was a large task. Mm-hmm. Um, but just my gut reaction was it was just an innate ability. Yeah, yeah that, that's my that's my feeling too, innate ability. But again, if we're going bigger picture Star Wars, if Rey's ability to use the Force is because she is a clone of a Force user, perhaps that plays into that same sure. archetype. Uh, my gut reaction was just that I feel this race is more tuned to the Force. We do see some races being more kind of force sensitive yeah, yeah um and just doing what it could to protect what it sees as either its friend or its protector um so i i felt it was more kind of natural reaction yeah. i loved the scene early in the second episode where it's clearly trying to heal his mm-hmm. arm yes and he doesn't know what it's doing obviously so he's just you know <laughs> he's putting it back in the yes, yeah um silly baby but i i was watching that and i'm like you know I wasn't sure if, if it's just imitating what it had seen before, and it can't use the Force. But, you know, mm-hmm. kids imitate their parents all the yeah, time, or their yeah. families, whatever. Their race, you you know, that's how, how species learn is by imitation. But then when you see him lift up that rhinoceros-looking thing, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it takes it out of him for days, it says, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it seems like it. It'd been knocked out for a while. Um, just a great character. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Though I do... I, when there is an adorable creature or animal introduced to a TV show, I do have a difficult time because the entire time, the show, the movie, I think to myself, do not let anything happen to <laughs> right. this character. Yes. Yes. The whole time, like, watch Baby Yoda. No, mm-hmm. Baby yeah. Yoda. The entire time. Yeah. Well, I think that part of me, I don't know if we're going to move on to this, but I'm, I've been thinking a lot about the actual relationship between the Mandalorian and the Baby Yoda. Um, Because I think it can be read in one of two ways that he is either moved somehow and is now protecting this out of care Mm -hmm. or his job was to bring back that creature alive. The The IG model's job was not right. His original contract was to bring it back alive. So he is bringing it back alive, do whatever means he needs to. So I don't know what your thoughts are on which end this falls. Am I being too pessimistic? Or how how gritty do we think this character is? Has the redemption come yet? Or do we maybe later on down the line seeing him work as an actual protector? Ooh, I'm very positive about it. I don't know. If... I think I am too. Okay. I just... It, uh, In my mind, Star Wars is always positive. Yeah. See, I was thinking about this from like an IP perspective, right? Yeah. You're not going to introduce an adorable new oh, character gosh, yeah. and then snuff it out. No, yeah. I, I don't like, think know. that. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's, just, it's not what's going to happen. So I feel like if if they know they're going to introduce this, they know that the baby is going to be beloved and potentially important mm-hmm. to things in the future. And I just think that there's almost no way to let him be mean to it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Just from, from, from it. And that's me looking at it from a cynical business standpoint, <laughs> not from like yeah. a uh, storytelling standpoint. 
there could be a momentary fall or okay, sure. you, know, you know, bad decision, mm-hmm. but an ultimate redemption, I feel. So do you think that relationship now is genuine protector or getting the job done? I'll say a bit of both. Okay. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, we haven't seen we haven't seen the Mandalorian. I wish we had a name for him. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to keep saying it's the right, Mandalorian. It's frustrating. But um Start calling him Mando, which sounds almost racist. Yeah, I was, I was saying I like, like that. People that call him that seem to be doing it in a derogatory yeah. sense. Um, but you know, I, I think that we haven't seen him be cruel yet. We've seen him be cold, mm-hmm. but everything has been in service of the job he was doing, or like when he was disintegrating Jawas, they they <laughs> they harmed him somehow, yeah. right? Um, so I, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be like, going to be mean to this thing. I think that he knows his job is to bring him back alive. And I think he, I think his intention is still to deliver the goods. Yeah. I don't know if it will continue to, if that will continue to be his mission. Mm-hmm. Well, does he know the baby will come to negative ends. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, he's again another character you remind know? me of a little bit is the Will from Saga. Oh yeah, I keep thinking of this as Lone Wolf and Cub, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 protector of the baby, you know that, yeah. that, that sort of stuff. But but yeah, I it's fascinating because you think about it. If this form these former Imperials want him, they want him for one of they want him for one of a couple of reasons. Yeah. They want him because they want to kill him, mm-hmm. which clearly the, the client says, like, alive or dead, but preferably alive. And the doctor is like, no, we, we, you know, we want him yeah. alive. Um, they want him because they want more of him. Mm-hmm. They want to clone him and create a, an army out of him. Or they already created him and he escaped. Mm. That, like, he is, he is an imperial project yeah. that was then lost somehow um i'm very interested to see sort of what yeah how he how he works out that way i didn't thought of that angle that's a Mm -hmm. i like that one yeah uh it just seems to me like the doctor cares an awful lot Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's because he cares a lot professionally or if like he made this thing Mm -hmm. you know i don't know it's interesting yeah um so I, I want to talk about a couple of, the, of, of other characters we've met so far. Um, we mentioned, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this. Is it Kuil? It's the Ugnaught. Okay. Uh, voiced by Nick Nolte, mm. which is incredible. <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who has a catchphrase, I have spoken. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him again. Which is a bummer. It is a bummer. Um, but he is he's excellent yes agreed yes uh, a really interesting character a very funny character mm-hmm. but not traditionally like yuck ups just like uh you know he he adds a bit of a bit of levity to it um but again like very similar to the mandalorian in that he's a hard worker he has a mission he sets out to do and he does it he doesn't appear sentimental about anything he's just like very matter of fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on uh, Kuil? I li- yeah, I like yeah. it. Again, very much has that kind of Old West vibe to it. I think that added a lot of that feel to the show that I was looking for going into it as kind of a fan of Westerns. 
um, I like those. Those scenes felt just very familiar. Um, so I, I, I liked him. Um, I can see why other people would go either way with it. Um, I think it was nice because it wasn't, didn't feel traditionally Star Wars, despite the fact that it is clearly a Star Wars race we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like that feel for him. Yeah, I agree. I like him a lot. I, I feel like with both of the characters we've talked about so far, the way in which both of them just speak, the way they deliver their lines, and even just their mannerisms, the phrases they say seem mm-hmm. very deliberate. Yeah, very salt of the earth. Though. Yeah, um, which I enjoy. I feel like it works well yeah, to I, develop them as characters. I absolutely agree. Um, we talked about a bit about uh, Werner Herzog's character of the client. We haven't talked about Carl Weathers at all. Um, somebody pointed out that he's playing his Arrested Development character. Yeah. <laughs> I, can only, I can only offer half payment. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. waiting for him to say that you, you got a stew going. Yeah. <laughs> if he says that, I will, yeah. I, will, I, will thank, I will thank Lucasfilm with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting how we're seeing some sort of very traditional roles being filled in these shows. Like he's clearly a middleman between buyers and sellers. Yeah. That's very, it's not a very sexy job, but that's, it's very just normal. Like, you know, this is what he does. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the show so far has been people just not impressed with themselves. These like very kind of like, you mentioned like salt of the earth people. And uh, I think that, that Carl Weathers character which is uh, I can look at this up. Uh, grief Karga. Grief Karga. I'm having a hard That's time a with good, these names. Uh, grief Karga. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> it, we'll we'll get them eventually. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So he he is the is he the guild leader? Because they talk about the bounty hunter guild. Yeah, I don't. But th- that's separate from the Mandalorian. I don't know what we want to call them. Collective group of outcasts? Are they actually a tribe? What do we... Right. No, I I don't think he's involved with the guild. I think he's just... I think he's just the guy who hires... Okay. Who hires... I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. the vibe I got was just sort of that he was the one who was... You know, he finds out what job you need done, and then mm-hmm. he gets someone to do that job okay. for you. Um, and the only thing that we've met so far is the IG droid, the IG-11. Um, yeah, it's the only other named bounty hunter guild member yeah 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 Um, you also point out that mon calamari credits look like the things that come in the top of ramen (laughs) 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 which is amazing that like swirly piece of fish cake yeah yeah i like that i'm just a Mm, fun aside fun aside yeah nice observation (laughs) (laughs) um the other characters we've met have not been characters that will likely stick around like we saw of all people, Horatio Sands as the uh, <laughs> as, as the, the first prisoner that is, uh, yep. is captured. Yeah, uh, introducing did... us to the world of toilets in Star Wars. Yes. something you never thought yeah. you needed to know. Who knew? Yeah, but now, yeah, now where did they go to the bathroom? Who cared? Up until now. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, he's fun, I guess. We got comedian Brian Posehn as the speeder driver. Ah, uh, yeah, short-lived, uh... short-lived <laughs> part as well. Um, and then we get uh, Doctor Pershing is the name of the doctor who's with Herzog. Um, mm. But we, the, the show really, it seems like the only characters we're going to see week in and week out are the Mandalorian and 
yeah. the baby Yoda. I in my written reviews, I'm calling him Yodel. Yodel, after the uh, the Drake's cake. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, we don't have to do that here. Um, but yeah, character wise, that's pretty much it, right? It it seems to be a universe devoid of women. As per usual, I know, yes. I know. We're back to yeah. We're back to lack Who knows, of women. Maybe nose flute was a woman. Uh, maybe That's, I mean yeah. maybe yodel is a is a girl. We don't yeah, know. yeah. We don't know. Groundbreaking. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, let's, let's take a break for a second. We come back. I, I have a list of things I want to talk about about this episode. These two episodes, rather. So uh, stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach, and I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. What did you think of that? I didn't think something that just occurred. The only real Mandalorians in power we've seen are women. In the Clone Wars and the Rebels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Oh, well, welcome back, folks. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're we're debating race, po- uh, race and gender <laughs> politics in Star Wars, yeah. and uh, as we should, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to talk about a couple of things. I just wanted to, to throw some things out there for you guys. Did either? Well, let me rewind. I forget. Have you guys seen the holiday special yet? No, I have seen the holiday special. It, it is well. We're gonna be treat. watching it soon yes. for the show. Woo. But did you catch the two references to the holiday special? The so her, the uh, the Life Day celebration. Yes, yeah, so remember that. Yeah, the holiday special. Liz, a little spoiler alert here, is built around the Wookiee holiday of Life Day. I'm so excited. And so um, yeah. Horatio Sands says he's hoping he's home by Life Day. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the holiday special, the real thing, the holiday special is known for is there was a cartoon as part of it where Boba Fett was first introduced. Ah, and so like, that yeah. happens before The Empire Strikes Back, mm. and he's using the gun that the Mandalorian uses to disintegrate people ah. in that cartoon. And so this, when people saw the gun, they were very excited. Yeah, and pieces that together with the line from Empire. Which is of, the, the no disintegration. Disintegration. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which again, we didn't know if Vader says that to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, or if, that, or if that was like a Boba Fett specific. Uh, yeah, I've got two rules: <laughs> yeah, exactly. no disintegrations, no falling in love, yeah. <laughs> no shoes on the couch. Uh, um, but yeah, so you know, uh, I, I like that that in that subtle way it connects it to both the holiday special and to Empire Strikes Back, because otherwise, like we said, it's kind of this little island within Star Wars. But I think it's fun to have those little touches in there. Yeah. Um, you know, we know it takes place four or five years after Return of the Jedi because we've been told that. But you do find out in the first episode there is no more Empire because he's trying to be, he's paid with Imperial credits. And yeah. he says, you know, there is no Empire, essentially. Um, but aside from that... Which I guess is the big reveal they were talking because Disney was very, very, like closed mouth about the Mandalorian. They didn't allow pre-screenings. They right, didn't yeah. allow anything other than the trailers that they released to be out there, which is kind of a pretty bold move, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said there's one big reveal in the first episode. I guess that's the reveal. That I think Yoda might be the reveal. 
Oh, maybe. It could be either one. Yeah. yeah. But both, because I mean, this this kind of people, for example, like me, who are hoping for maybe a Thrawn right. appearance in this t- kind of inter timeline. Right, right. That's not that's not a thing. Right. Um yeah, I just I don't know if our listeners realize how weird it is to not have screeners for this sort of stuff. Like a lot of shows have them even if not every press outlet gets access to them but like so i'm currently reviewing Watchmen for multiversity and i was sent the first six episodes before the first episode aired because they just like let this is what they let people they let journalists do yeah and i reached out to disney plus and they said like we're not doing screeners for anything this is like where we don't we want to preserve as much mystery and magic and secrets as we can and I think it's ballsy, but I think it's good in a lot of ways. Yeah. I wish, I mean, it would be nice for me if I could watch it ahead of time for writing purposes. But <laughs> I think as a fan, it's nice to go into something more or less blind. Yeah, that's something rare and unique these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just talking last night about The Force Awakens for a future episode of this show. Mm-hmm. And um, I was saying I think that was the last time that we're ever going to be that in the dark about Star Wars ever again. Hmm. Because there was so much, there was 10 years between... Uh, Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens and there was just this long fallow period and so when they introduced all these new characters and all that it was it was legitimately brand new and exciting mm-hmm. I think that Star Wars is going to be such an omnipresent part of of Disney from now on we're never going to get that again so the so the ways to kind of manufacture that is to do what they're doing with this no yeah. screeners no you know just 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 keeping it as close to the vest as they can um which is which is good. Yeah, it, it makes it exciting. It makes it alluring. I enjoy the fact that we're all kind of in the dark and trying to piece things together, um, really grasping at straws at some corners of the internet. But yeah, it, it's that part's fun to see. It's been a while since we had just kind of wild speculation. Yeah, like that. I be- I don't believe that this takes place on Tatooine, right? Um, I was going to ask that. So are Jawas a thing everywhere? I don't know. I, I-, I don't remember if Herzog's character says where he's going. I don't think so. I don't think he indicates, right? I don't know. Yeah. Because this felt, I mean, first of all, it's, it- a, it's a desert planet. Mm-hmm. There are Jawas. Yeah. The cave they go into for the egg looked kind of like a sarlacc pit, like yeah. a dried up sarlacc pit. So I was thinking, oh, is this is this Tatooine? But I feel like they would have given us, because he's now off that planet. They would have given us maybe more if it was Tatooine. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, that was the part that I was it, questioning too, is with the Jawas and the Sandcrawlers. Yeah. Is that, are, are they just an infestation everywhere? <laughs> or yeah. are they you know unique right. to... Tatooine. Or just certain types of planets. Yeah. Sandy right. planets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um I had some more questions here. Mm. Um oh, so we get the sh- the the scene of the Mandalorian getting his new piece of armor made from Beskar Beskar? Beskar. Beskar, I think it's called. Uh we see him get that piece of armor made and we get you know an interaction with a female Mandalorian and we see some others in the background. Some folks have said they've seen Boba Fett. Have you seen this online? I have, no. but I've also seen that 
if you look closely, it's all you can see all three colorations of Boba Fett. So maybe more an homage than a actual appearance. Right. Yeah. Basically, in the background, you see like something reflective, and people have heavily lightened it up, and you can see a guy in the armor, and it looks like Boba Fett. So, mm. Yeah. Okay. I hope not. That guy's the worst. Man. I've yeah, said it before totally. on this podcast. Yeah. I'll <laughs> say it again. Just by far the worst bounty hunter. His dad was also a loser. <laughs> Ex-Mandalorians Just don't need him. Just let him be dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know. We have so much more interesting Mandalorians. Yeah. Every other Mandalorian is more interesting. And also just like I think that it's bad for a franchise when – the only way to do something new is to return to a previously thought dead character. Yeah. Like we're kind of getting that possibly with Emperor Palpatine in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm not saying it won't be good. I'm just saying like there is there is something to be said for creating new characters yeah. and doing new things that are just going back to the well. Of like, oh, you thought Boba Fett was dead. Psych. <laughs> yeah. He's not. Like I have no problem with another IG droid, another Transdotion, as long as they're not, you know. We don't need big name appearances by other bounty hunters to give this series legs. No. And I think that's kind of what I felt, why I have mixed feelings a lot with some of the character placement in the new trilogy. It feels like they're trying to give the series legs by just shoving in as many characters, whether you want them or not, that you recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is kind of relying on the feel of Star Wars overall rather than just name dropping, which I like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see how many more winks and nods we're gonna get to other Star Wars stuff. There's gonna be some, and I feel like we enjoy them ultimately as long yeah. as they're small. Yeah, but yeah, um, but I, I do wonder if if the show is going to introduce a a character that we know as a major player. Like I think it's- I, I'm worried about that. That's there's been talk maybe of this being kind of crossover with the new Obi Wan series, okay. which I would hate to but see. But I mean, the Obi Wan series takes place like 30 years before this. But like, because like we know that we know this. that there's a backstory to the Mandalorian. He was a foundling, a survivor of the purge, and somehow was saved. We don't know who saved him, right? So I I think that would be a stretch, but wouldn't it wouldn't be a stretch storyline wise because of Obi Wan's intimate relationship with the Mandalorians? Sure, um, but I would just again hate to see, we. Not every single Star Wars story has to be tied into the same three right. characters, and that's I think one of the things that is that is going to be def- the defining moment of this era is if this is really the end of the Skywalker saga in films and they want to keep doing films, they can't keep relying on these old characters. They have to do new stuff. And so even though this is playing with a lot of familiar races and familiar situations, if they can just keep this new characters, I think that's a good thing. I I agree. I agree too. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, Any, anything that you didn't like, about the first two episodes that you feel strong enough about to you know to express to the people on the internet I can't think of anything that I strongly disliked yeah me neither I I, I was really blown away by it I was very excited to see it and then 
at my rehearsal dinner when I found out that another one had come out. I went back to my hotel room that <laughs> night and watched it on my phone. And I then told us about it. Excited. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm getting yeah. married. I watched The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've sent everyone I know a thousand different memes involving uh, Yodel. So It's great. Have, have yeah. you seen the one where it's Yoda saying, do or do not, there is no try. And then Yodel <laughs> says, boomer, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the reverse syntax, it's great. Yeah, oh, it's man. great. Even, I, even yeah. baby-wise. Love it, love oh, it. Man, I do, and I'm, I know I mentioned it before, but again, I do like uh, the fact that the episodes don't feel obligated to be an hour yes, long. Yes, I, I, yeah. I do want to talk about that. Oh. It is so refreshing. I agree, refreshing. A breath of fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just to have a show that, like the the story for the second episode was twenty eight minutes long, yeah, mm-hmm. and they didn't need to push it more than that. Nope. That that could mean that one is seventy five minutes, and, sure. I'm, and I'm okay yep. with that. Same. Yeah, I'm okay with the chapters not being uniform, just but telling the story that it's setting out to tell. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree one hundred percent. Um, also I love the score. Yes. Yep. Um, I, I I'm gonna look up the I'm, I always mispronounce the composer's name, but he is he has worked. A lot with uh, Ludwig Göransson. He did all of the music for um, Black Panther, for okay. Creed. He works with Ryan Cogler mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, Fruitvale Station. He did, and he's he's a very very interesting composer. They're using the electric guitar as a major instrument in it. Like it's just it's very. It doesn't sound like Star Wars, but I like that. It's a different tone to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like it too. I also really like the artwork at the end of each yes, episode. Yes. The credits. They're just the like the stills. Art. Yeah, yes, I love it. I love I love it. it. It's yeah. great. It's so different. And I wa- I watched the credits just for the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing we didn't mention is there's like a you know at the beginning of the Marvel movies how they have like they show the comic panels and oh, the characters. Yes. Now there's a Star Wars one of those. It's at the beginning of each episode where you see the different, like it shows Vader and oh, 3PO yeah. and mm-hmm. BB-8. And then it says Star Wars. And it, it, that to me shows that Disney is planning on, like we're going to be seeing that. I don't know if we're going to see that in front of the Rise of Skywalker necessarily. We may. Yeah, I don't but, know. But uh, this is also the first bit, I believe, of any Star Wars media that doesn't begin at least initially with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, I know the Clone Wars movie did. Clone Wars movie did. And I think yeah, the first episode it, of Rebels might have also. Yeah, I can't remember. So I'm trying to think. It's certainly the first live yeah. action thing. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Solo Ro- began that way Ro- and Rogue One began. had it, right? Yes, they didn't have the crawl, okay. but they both had a long time long ago in a galaxy mm-hmm. far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So th- Yeah, but I, I mean, I like that. I get, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's just it's a very interesting. I feel like this show is doing a good job of simultaneously breaking new ground, but also being reverent to what's come before. Yeah, without without being slave without being slavishly reverent to it, you know, taking chances when it can. And one of the things that I'm very impressed by, so John Favreau wrote this. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Favreau, director and writer of Swingers and Elf and uh, uh, Iron Man, Cook, uh, Cook's movie. Oh, Chef, yes, Chef. Uh, and uh, uh, Zathura, which was the uh, quasi sequel to the mm-hmm. original Jumanji movie. Yeah. Uh, Did and, not work on the Obama campaign. That's no, a different not, John, not Favreau. John Favreau. No, um, but. But each episode has been directed by somebody different. Dave mm-hmm. Filoni did the first one. Uh, Dave Filoni, of course, of uh, Star Wars Rebels yeah. and uh, and Star Wars: The Clone Wars fame, 
and uh, Rick Famuyiwa, I'm so bad at pronouncing names, who directed that movie Dope came out a couple years ago, and he was rumored to be doing the Flash movie, but then was oh. quit that movie. He did the second episode. Um, but Bryce Dallas Howard is going to be doing an okay. episode. Oh. Uh, Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. who was the voice of IG-88, and also... Oh, uh, yeah. And, and um, oh, what's his character's name in Thor Ragnarok? Oh, the best character. Oh, in the, movie. Um, uh, the rock guy. Yeah, yeah, I forget his name. I forget yeah. his name too. Uh, but you know, director and actor. Yeah, and, and that. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, Deborah Chow. I know that name. How I know that name? That's somebody else who's doing one of the two of the episodes. Deborah Chow directed. Let's look this up. Um, do, 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 do. um some Better Call Saul episodes, some Mr. Robot episodes, okay. some oh. American Gods episodes. Um. Yeah, I mean, so they're getting different directors to take this. But I felt the first two episodes had a very consistent tone for being from two different directors. And I'm actually, I have mixed feelings about that. Okay. On one hand, why do you bring in different people if you want the same thing? Mm. But I also think that maybe we'll see more divergent tones as the series goes on. Yeah. I just wonder how much of a hand Disney has in all of it in the end, even right. if there are different directors. Yeah, I had honestly forgotten about the multiple directors thing until you had mentioned it, because uh-huh. seeing the two episodes, they very much... They very much feel like yeah, yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of my beef with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, is I feel like they bring in directors and then cut them off the knees when they try and do anything weird. Like Edgar Wright was fired from ant-man before he even started production mm-hmm. because they felt that he was not following the marvel method or whatever yeah and so i think it's hard to it's hard to get too excited about a director in a in a in a format that maybe is going to have a lot of the choices directed to the director yeah, yeah. and that's kind of a, a question i was having is where so we're seeing this as one of the few instances where it is not a kind of rebellion or good guy character leading the show the only ones i can think of this morning you might be able to help me out really like the ewok spinoffs and Mm -hmm. droids might be the only other ones that don't follow like the heroes in the story oh um what else what else visually I said there were some books I was going to say. Because I was saying, because my question is, what's coming to being very popular lately um, is very much the Imperial side mm-hmm. of the saga. Yeah. So we're seeing this as a not rebellion side, kind of maybe a scum and villainy turned hero. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we will ever see an Imperial series, limited run Focus, something of that nature. So, I just finished reading the book, the Alphabet Squadron book, yeah. which is which takes place about the same time frame as this, actually, and uh, it it follows ex Imperials. And my problem with it is that it's basically, I, I joked the subtitle of the book is hashtag Not All Imperials because it's talking about how people aren't all evil. Like some people just fell into it. Like, no, you're space Nazis. You're evil. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that the problem with doing an Imperial TV show is there's no way that would be evil characters. Mm-hmm. And it would have to be this like, shucks, we don't really want to kill everybody type characters. Yeah. I just don't see how that works unless you go dark with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I think this is as dark as Disney's willing to get. Okay. Yeah, so I'm wondering right. where do we think the line is? Yeah, I these would think days? so. Like some kind of, you know, at best anti hero who has some sort of suspect job but has 
heart of gold. Right. Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm constantly surprised by the chances, by not the chances, by the twist. Like I love the fact that the egg that the Jawas wanted oh. him to get wasn't like the egg of their species. They just wanted to eat. eat they it. were hungry. They were giant Cadbury cream egg. I know. They feast on the goo inside. Like that's that's all it was. And I I I really like that. And I think that the show can take chances that way. But I think that there's always going to be this Disney mandated positivity at some point yeah you know and i I think that you're not going to see that on an episode by episode basis but you can't look at the mandalorian when it's when the book is closed on it Mm -hmm. and say like oh that was that was dark that was i don't know i don't know if we'll ever see an imperial show for that reason yeah if they're gonna do it i don't trust them to do it well i trust them to do it more you know whitewashing of those characters mm-hmm. or it'll be a comedy <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it'll yeah. be some sort of you know yeah comedic yeah. turn <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's Un- really undercover point. boss kylo ren <laughs> yes exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i uh I, I think overall this is a very fun first two episodes yeah i'm very excited to see what happens mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. how many episodes this season 10 I believe okay yeah I'm really curious to see where it's going next yeah right yeah because I I, I really feel like I don't have much of an indication mm-hmm yeah I mean I could yeah. I could totally see so there's a phenomenon in comics that happens not a lot but there's there's a, there's a rich history of a silent comic where it's there's no words in it it's just you're just reading the actions of the characters and I could kind of see the next episode being silent in space, just like the two of them on the ship not talking. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would, oh, I would man. eat that up. Me that, too. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I don't know if we're gonna get that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think he goes right back to wherever he wherever he got hired yeah. from. No. I, don't, I don't think. No, well, I don't think next week we see him there. I feel like I know what he's not doing. Right. Perhaps, right. and yeah. that would be something that's not going to happen. Right. I wonder if we're gonna get so we, so we get a very brief flashback to his his childhood, childhood of yeah. some sort. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we're gonna get more from that world. Mm. Um, I wonder yeah. if we're gonna go. I almost wouldn't be surprised if we get an episode without the Mandalorian in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, couldn't get like a full flashback episode. We could. We could. I'm currently watching the Righteous Gemstones on HBO, and they just did that, and it was a uh, was a wonderful episode. Mm. Uh, I I do like those flashback episodes, yeah. but I, I don't know. That's a lot, though. It mm. is, and I kind of think that if everybody wants a flashback episode, they want the Yoda baby flashback yeah. episode, and I don't know if they're willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's exciting yeah. is that we're gonna get a Star Wars every week till the end of the year. Yeah, which is great. That's yeah. the best part. Yeah. yeah, it is. Not including the movie. Not, no, that that, that, that's, yeah. a double, that's a uh, double. And yeah. we can go see the movie a whole bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then come February, Clone Wars. Mm, very excited um, about that as well. And then we don't really know beyond that. We, we, we think... Frame Freemaker series. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to get another season of The Mandalorian before we get the Obi-Wan series. Okay. Just like based on time frame they've talked about with that. Yeah. Um, and probably all of that before the next feature film. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, which at the time of recording is still really up in the air, right? It was supposed to be the two Game of Thrones guys. Yeah. Their trilogy was supposed to start in 2022. So there were going to be a three-year hiatus from feature films. And then I believe the plan was for them and Ryan Johnson of The Last Jedi to alternate years for their trilogy films. I don't know if Ryan Johnson will be ready to do his first film in three years. Mm-hmm. So maybe we get like there. There've been a lot of rumors. Like there was a rumored Boba Fett film, which yeah. I don't. Out of here now. There's been a rumored Yoda <laughs> film, which could be interesting. You know what? Up uh, if it involves a baby Yoda who's half as cute as Yodel, <laughs> I'm in for it. Yeah, um, I could also see them doing. See, I I kind of feel like everything is gonna get funneled through Disney Plus for a while. Like I could really see them announcing a Young Lando series. Yeah, I could really see them doing a solo sequel that is a Disney mm-hmm. Plus series. I could see. Yeah, them which doing... I'll be honest, I I'm okay with. Oh, yeah, some that. of my yeah. some of my favorite Star Wars moments come from the series. Yeah, I, I don't I, think there's any stigma against that. Yeah. I just think that, like, Disney went so hard for star wars with the theme park stuff Mm -hmm. and i feel like they're just they're gonna want a bigger return on investment than just no matter how successful the mandalorian is it's almost impossible to know that unless they release internal documents like okay of the 10 million subscribers they they have already hit 10 million subscribers for disney plus they were shooting for 8 million by january and they're already on 10 but unless they say like of those 10 million households you know Six million watched the Mandalorian. We'll never really know how well sure, it does. Sure. And honestly, they don't really care how well it yeah. does. They came for Herbie the Love Bug, stayed for the Mandalorian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so I, I don't know if there's any. I don't know how much money they're making off of these series. Yeah. To me, what makes the most sense is you do the stuff for the fans on the TV, because people go see movies all the time for things they're not emotionally invested in. Mm-hmm. A Cassian Andor movie probably isn't going to make a lot of money, yeah. but a Cassian Andor series will get the million people who really want that, they'll give them that. Yeah, yeah I think a lot, a lot of the storylines that they right now use the comic book series for, I mm-hmm. could see them doing TV series for. I also wouldn't be surprised if we got a... Luke, Leia, and Han animated series. Mm. Okay. I'd watch that. I, I think a lot of people would watch yeah. that. You know, um, I think that's one of the things that's, that's hard about both the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels is that while there are characters in the films you're in, and Resistance, too, you're, in, you're investing a lot in new characters. And while I enjoy that f- aspect of it, I think a lot of people don't. Yeah. I did just start watching Clone Wars. Oh, you did? I did, yes. I watched only one episode. Okay. I started watching last night. Okay. That yeah. one is okay. Okay. Yeah, it gets, also, it, throws you in with characters you've never met before, but you're assumed to know their backgrounds. Okay, so. well, that's what happens, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue. Yeah, you should. I have the DVDs of the animated series, which mm-hmm. are now non-canon, but still very much influence... The one you're watching, yeah, if you it, want to borrow. If them. you enjoy yeah. these, I would suggest yeah. going back okay. at some point and watching those. All right. Um, but yeah, so we're we're not going to talk again about the Mandalorian probably 
until after the season is done. We'll maybe mention it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to get together two more times to talk before the end of the year. Yeah. But those both have specific assignments to them. Um, <laughs> so we'll be back with, with a more long-form Mandalorian discussion yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, I feel like if something major happens, maybe a emergency. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Since, since we made fo- car phone calls before. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, we can definitely do that. Classroom or podcast. like, you know, if something big happens in episode three or four, when we convene for our holiday special watch along, yeah. which we're officially announcing here, we're going to be doing we're going to we're going to give you guys the opportunity to watch along with us. Yes. yes. So um, we can all watch virtual porn together. Yes, we can. <laughs> um, and it's going to be weird. You think I'm joking, Liz. It's it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's this air on network television. <laughs> Carrie Fisher sings. It's a thing. Um, yeah. So uh, that'll be the next episode from the three of us. And then we're going to be releasing an episode the, the day of the opening. We're going to go see the movie together uh, on Thursday night. And Friday morning, there will be a podcast with our reaction to it. Yep. And that'll be it for us for the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, maybe Mandalorians have dropped in there. But I think for the most part... We got, we have we have bigger fish to fry yeah. than the Mandalorian right now. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at forceghostc2c. Uh, you can send us emails forceghostc2c at gmail dot com. Um, we're gonna do something. I, I haven't told you guys this yet. But I decided something. I think a fun idea is so we have one more Friday in between the movie opening and the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we're going to give our listeners our hotline phone number, and we're going to ask them to call in as they're leaving the theater watching the movie and give us their instant reactions. We'll just put together a show the fantastic of idea, yeah, instant yes. reactions, including all the people who have been on the last year or two talking with us about other things. You know, I want all of them to do the same thing. I want to just put together like yeah. a... Uh, just uh, how we all are reacting to the rise of Skywalker. I love it. Um, I love it. Yep. So that'll be our last show of the year. So yeah, um, coming up, this comes out on Friday the 22nd. Next week we have uh, the Force Awakens episode. And then after that, depending on recording either the holiday special or the Last Jedi, and then and then and then the rise of skywalker it's crazy that wow, we're that, that close wow right because it, it'll be december yeah it, yeah yeah because there's not much time between thanksgiving and christmas thanksgiving's so late this year yeah it's crazy random yeah yeah information sorry yeah. oh I, i'm also going to be doing i think i think once a week myself and uh multiversity uh social media manager kate kosterski are going to be doing a mini podcast about the lego advent calendar Ooh. because we both have got them and so we're going to be talking about those just like five minutes yeah exciting episodes. so nice. lots of star wars podcasts coming your way and so um as always thank you matt and liz this is super fun yeah. thank you agreed, agreed. and remember the force will be with you